welcome to Scrollin', a podcast about the Elder Scrolls Online. I'm Ket, and this is episode number three. So the first thing I want to talk about, and this is actually kind of over a week old now, so if you're, if you're listening to this, chances are you've seen this already. Uh, but I haven't talked about it on here yet, and it is pretty darn interesting. So uh, on the official forums, so that's forums.elderscrollsonline.com, um, discussion number 455092. Uh, um, I think you could just Google ESO forums 455092 and find that. I'll also put a link in the episode description, so you can just click on that. At any rate, um, at, on that thread, it's a thread titled Raids, Raid Buffed DPS Comparison of Each Race by Class. And user Susmit DS just breaks it down <laughs> in so much detail. Uh, how these races are comparing to each other uh, on PTS um, with practice tests, pra- dummy dummy tests, DPS tests. Um, and he explains the procedure right up top. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna kind of read this paragraph because uh, it does a good job of kind of setting up what what's going on here. Uh, so the procedure. Uh, says the raid buff DPS of all races is done 25 times for the classes Nightblade and Dragon Knight. Of these 25 results, 20 are randomly sampled out to decrease error. So they just get rid of five, basically, randomly. Uh, as Nightblade, which is crit based with high sustain, uh, and Dragon Knight, which is raw damage and low sustain, are on two opposite spectrums of damage dealing roles. We can interpolate the data to find the overall efficiency of the particular race for all classes, also taking into specific synergies the class might have with that race. So basically what they're saying is here is the, the only classes that they actually did tests with were Nightblade and Dragonite, and they did Magicka and Stamina of both, with every you know re- relevant race for each build. Uh, and then they took very, you know, took captured a lot of detailed data from that and used that data to extrapolate how they think these races would perform with other classes. And there's a bit of, I think, math going on to help them figure that out as well as some conjecture, some theorizing. Um, so some of the stuff that we'll talk about here, and I'll be sure and kind of delineate when this happens, some of the stuff is like cold, hard facts, cold, hard data, uh, and some of this is a little bit of conjecture, but very well-informed conjecture based based on um, some pretty extensive testing. So there's there's a lot of information here. There's a lot of very interesting information here. Um, if you're looking at this, you see like there's these crazy graphs with there's a lot going on. Um, the most interesting thing that I observed with all this is the fact that for each test, so for like the Stam Blade, the Mag Blade, Stam Decay, Mag Decay, um, for each one of those tests, they also did 25 parses with no racial passives active whatsoever to use that as like a baseline comparison for for all the classes, for all the races. Um, and so out of the 20 that they sampled, they would, they kind of boiled down an average and 
you know, at the end of the little graph here, you can kind of see on average, this race does this much DPS, you know, when, with this class. And the, the interesting thing that I'm getting to here is that for, uh, for a Magic and Nightblade, for example, the very best DPS score on here is 60,797. That's a Breton. Okay, and then the average for no racial whatsoever, so you just deactivate all race passives altogether, so you just don't have a race at all. That score is 58,399. And that really stood out to me. And so the difference between the very best Magicka race and no race at all I mean, not even talking about whether the race is optimal or not. It's just there is no race. The difference there is a little over 2,000 DPS when you're up around the 60,000 range, right? And if you're pulling under 50,000 DPS, probably that difference is going to be a lot less. That's It's just eye-opening. I mean, I always knew that race was a pretty small factor in your build, and everyone, you know, in every forum discussion when when race choice comes up every time there's there's a slew of people uh, chiming in saying hey you know the race really doesn't matter all that much if there's something is there a particular race that you like it's probably fine to just go with that unless you're chasing leaderboard scores right it's always the conversation and and i that's true i'm i'm on board with that idea uh, and this <laughs> really supports that you know 58,000 dps with no race at all Pretty amazing. It kind of—I think that kind of goes to show you, really, how flexible these things can be, if you're just willing to, maybe not be quite so hardcore about the meta, you know. Um, so I think keeping that in mind, focusing on that fact right there, I think will help keep things into focus as we talk about the rest of this. The when we're talking about the difference between you know, the, the best at something and the worst at something, we're talking about a spectrum of 2,000 DPS here. Okay. The, just, just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. Um, and so let's go over the cold hard facts here. So for Magic and Nightblade, uh, the, the best damage dealer de dealing race is a Breton. And if you want to know all the conditions under which they did these tests, he, he goes into great detail. He, uh, there's a section here called Procedure. He talks all about um, exactly what the conditions were that they did these DPS tests. Um, if you want to know, very, it's very scientific. I'm not going to get into it all because I think it would take a very long time to, to cover all that detail. Um, but you can look up the conversation yourself or just take it from me that they, they went to painstaking efforts to make sure that, that they were being accurate and empirical and all that. Um, Breton wins for Magic and Nightblade. And it looks like Khajiit is number two, followed by Altmer. Am I right about that? Yeah. And then Dunmer behind them. My understanding with Khajiit, though... So this is an average of 20 parses, and they're getting, you know, a little over 60,000, 60,411. 
Um, but yeah, you look through you look through all these individual parses, and you have like a 57 in there, 58, uh, and that's my whole understanding with Khajiit is that the fact that uh, they have that crit bonus, and that's that's where that's what their damage bonus is is a it's all based on crit. They kind of have to get lucky to get really good DPS scores, and that's kind of their I think I don't know I think that kind of fits flavor wise with with Khajiit, you know they. I feel like they kind of rely on luck and good fortune to, to, to make their way. Um, so I feel like that does fit, but that's like a, that's a risk you're taking with it. Cause you, you could be, you know, this boss fight, it might be the best, the best damage in the group, the best damage you've ever done. And then the next boss fight, you might be the very worst. And so they're kind of unpredictable in that way, which again, I like that flavor wise. I think that's really cool. Um, but actually like, Practically speaking, like someone who's actually playing a Khajiit day to day, you know, that might, that may or may not be a good thing. But I guess you could probably compensate that for that. And like in other aspects of the build, um, you know, you don't have to just totally rely on, on that crit. So like I said, I mean, the worst case scenario, we're talking 57,000 DPS. So certainly not bad by any means. Um, so yeah, Breton Khajiit, I think that's probably a surprise to most people. I think most people were thinking Altmer, number one, then Breton. But I think what, um, I think what we're finding out is that that, that Breton sustain is just so good that you can just ignore sustain completely in all other aspects of the build and just go full throttle damage and don't even worry about sustain. Uh, and so they can just keep up that rotation and keep those dots up and hammer more spammables rather than having to do heavy attacks and stuff like that. Um, so they're looking really good. And I wonder if they're going to be brought down a peg. It seemed like the, their intention, just reading those notes, those PTS notes in the first place, it seemed like the, the whole intention was for Altmer to be the Magicka damage dealing race. Um... And so maybe maybe some numbers need to be tweaked a little bit. I mean, I'm certainly happy with this. I, I have a Breton, and I'll probably make a Breton uh, Necromancer is my plan. Um, so, you know, I'll be happy if this is how it goes. It's just got a, a little bit surprising. I'm also very surprised that Dunmer, who has always been either number one or number two, depending on the patch, uh, for Magic of DPS, is now like number five right for magic of dps they got you got breton altmer khajiit okay they're number four dunmer number four and then argonian it's surprising that's a it's a bit of a fall but I mean, we'll see we'll see a little bit later they're actually now among the top for top choices for stamina damage dealers so they're actually kind of the kings of stamina right now kings and queens uh but uh they've they've lost that that number one or number two spot for magicka damage dealing i'm thinking that'll be adjusted i think that's probably one of the things that will be tweaked on on monday we'll see on monday's uh patch notes uh, uh there has there is confirmation that some tweaks are indeed going to be made i don't think that's a surprise to anyone um so we will we will indeed see some changes. All right, so that's the Magblade. 
let's move on. The next one is the uh, Dragon Knight. And now as a reminder, these are these are actual tests that they did. All right, this isn't the conjecture part. This is the the cold hard data uh, here. So for a Dragon Knight, the best parse, the best DPS parse that that happened there was again from a Breton, 58,308. Uh, followed by Altmer, 58,115. So, uh, and then it uh, looks like Dunmer's right behind that. Dunmer's third best Magicka Dragon Knight. That just seems so weird, right? <laughs> it's like, I thought Dunmer and MagDK was a match made in heaven that would just never be separated. And now Breton and Altmer are better Dragon Knights than a Dunmer for Magicka. Interesting. Uh, I, I want to point out that the no racial average, no racial passive active whatsoever is 55,000. So 55 to 58,000 is the range we're talking about there. And... You know, what, what I find so interesting about that is, like, I think this that fact, I'm just going back to this, this no racial thing, because it's really blowing my mind. Uh, you know, if you're playing this game and you're pulling less than 50,000 DPS, say you're like me and you're get like, you hover around 40 to 45,000 in that ball ballpark there. What this shows me is that you know, players like me aren't even all, we're not even getting the full potential out of the build as, as it is already, right? Even if there are no racial passives active at all, I'm, I'm not getting the full damage potential out of it regardless. Uh, and if I'm not already in that ballpark within a couple thousand DPS, then ch changing my race isn't going to be the thing that gets me there. Right, that might be like that final little cherry on top that helps me hit like a certain number that I have in mind or something. But until I'm with two or three thousand DPS of that number, it's like not really worth me thinking about too much, you know. And I know there are players that are on that level, and it really does matter for them. Um, but like I said, if you're like me, you're in that that forty to forty-five thousand ballpark. You can you can probably just chill with your with your uh, race as it is uh, and be fine um, but you know we're going to get those race tokens and we'll talk about news on that here in a little bit um, so you know change it if you want to I mean I guess there's no, no no reason to to withhold that information they they uh, they made a post on the official forums uh, that ba based on feedback that they've gotten that they're going to go ahead and give us uh, three race change tokens instead of just one. And they're also, like, uh, putting some name change tokens. Uh, like, I think it's a name and race change um, bundle that you can buy, like, at a discounted rate that they're going to do. Um, so that's cool. Pretty cool. I mean, I probably won't do that bundle thing, but uh, three race change tokens is, is neat. I'll, I'll probably use one of them right away, maybe. I'll probably just hang on to the other two until I kind of feel like I want to use them. So take a sip of coffee. Hold on. All right, so Breton, Breton's looking very, very good. And if um, if they don't make some, um, you know, some 
adjustments, and that's that's going to Breton's going to be the new uh, king of Magicka damage dealing. Now, like I said, I think it seems like they want that mantle to go to Altmer. And so I don't know. I'm kind of expecting on Monday for some adjustments to to kind of make things lean kind of more in that direction. All right, so that's the Magicka testing. Uh, and then, so now for stamina, we got a stamina Nightblade. The best parse for a stamina Nightblade is 60,016. And that goes to Dunmer. Dark Elf is the best stamina race in the game on PTS right now. Seems like crazy town. I mean, I'm not mad about it. I'm not disparaging it. I think it's cool that that Dunmer can be either or it can be a Magicka or stamina build. It's it's just it's really interesting to me that they're now performing better as a stamina build than they are as a Magicka build. And I don't know. I guess just certain stats are more important to one than the other because they have equal parts, right? They have stamina and Magicka. They have spell damage and weapon damage. Like, all of their racial passives are, like, sort of agnostic in that way. So I wonder what it is that makes them perform so much better as a stamina damage dealer. And I say so much better. I mean, you know, Dunmer, Dunmer uh, Magblade gets 60,187. Dunmer Stamblade gets 62,016. So a little, you know, a couple thousand, a couple thousand difference. And I think that's just the difference between stamina and magicka, you know. But still, it's just interesting that Dunmer's like fourth best um, mag decay and first best stamblade. It just seems like bizarro world. Um, so behind Dunmer looks like we have uh, orc. Right behind them. And then followed by Khajiit. Dunmer Orc Khajiit. So Khajiit's up there for for any build, pretty much. For any build you have, Khajiit's going to be pretty decent. Like third best. Pretty cool. Um, and then Stam DK. Stamina Dragon Knight. Um, same thing, just barely... The Dunmer gets the best score there, 60,137, followed by Orc, 60,134. So literally like three points behind over a, a 20 parse average. And then it's Redguard right behind them. So Redguard's still in the running, 60,099. So like... A hundred less DPS than the other two, so just like pretty much right there in that same league, we probably could take a, a random sampling of twenty more parses, and they very well could maybe even be the very best out of those. It's so close that it's hard to account for RNG and just crit chance and all that. Uh, oh, and let's let me back up uh, the the stamina um, Nightblade with no racial passes fifty nine thousand. So you're getting 59,000 with no racial passes, and then you're hitting a ceiling of 62,000. So like a 3,000 
um, difference there. The floor has 59,000. Uh, and then the no racial for stamina Dragonite, 56,000. So just Dragonite in general does less damage than a Nightblade. So then they um, they take that data. Like these are the these these are the ones these are the real parses that they did the real testing, the the hard numbers, and they take those results, and they sort of extrapolate what they how they think these races are going to perform with these other classes, right? So this part coming up is is the conjecture part. It's just a it's a very educated guess based on a lot of extensive testing so it's you know it's a very good guess um, but this stuff here is not based on actual observations um, so just keep that in mind um, so he gives a score uh, he makes this like really detailed like bar graph uh, and gives a score for every single race and how they would how he thinks they would perform with any given class all right and they, he gives them a score from one to ten um, and so I'll just, I'll try to give you a quick overview of, of what this is looking like according to this. Um, so on a scale of one to 10, Altmer looks like a nine for every single magic build. Yeah, any, any magic spec whatsoever, Altmer is going to be very good, a nine. Um, I'll just, I'll just do magic first and we'll go, and we'll go to stamina after that. So, um... As you probably guess, um, the, uh, the the tens are going to go to Breton, uh, and Breton is basically expected to be tens across the board across the board in their current state. Uh, tens across the board, except in the case of uh, Templar, where they get a nine with Templar. Uh, for for some reason, I'm not. I, th I guess it's because Templar already has very good sustain, so maybe a class with other passives could take advantage of Templar a little better, possibly. That's what the guess is there. Dunmer looks like, um, well, all their best scores are with Stamina builds. Stamina Nightblade, Stamina Templar, uh, Sorcerer, basically all Stamina builds, Dragon Knight, Warden, tens across the board, basically, except, well, except Templar and Sorcerer, nines on those, still very, very good. Um, and they're getting sevens and eights with, uh, with Magicka builds, uh, Dunmerar. Uh, Khajiit getting sevens, eights, nines, and tens is what they're expected to get. They're expected to, looks like, possibly be the best Templars in the game. Um, he's giving them a score of a ten for both Stamplar and Magplar, uh, for Khajiit. And I guess that's because Templars have passives that give you additional um, crit damage. But, you know, so do Nightblades. They have similar passives. And I wonder, he's giving them nines for Nightblades, both Magicka and Stamina. Um, so I wonder what the thinking is there exactly. Because it seems like those would... Which I guess, you know, the difference between a nine and a ten, <laughs> as we said on the scale, is maybe like the difference of maybe 500 DPS-ish or something like that. Uh, and he even says here, like, this is a very, I'm going to read his exact words, this is a very close comparison. Um, races with a score of between 7 and 10 will be basically indistinguishable 
outside of some exceptions, and are considered specialized races for the rule. So anything that scores a seven or, bo or more is considered a perfect fit for that role. And he says, the difference between a seven and a 10 is gonna be basically undistinguishable, right? Like from one parse to the next, it could flip back and forth, but just due to the crit chance and RNG. So these are very, very close uh, comparisons. And he even says races with scores of around four to six are very viable for the role. I mean, and that that coincides with what we we're what we we're saying with the with the no racial tests above, right? I mean, the no racial tests were only like a couple thousand less than the very best score. Um, so it's not surprising that races that only score a four or six on this chart here are still going to be fine. You know, like Argonians. My my main Magic and Nightblade is an Argonian, and he's a monster, and he shreds. So, I think I just want to keep I want us to just keep reminding ourselves that this is a very narrow spectrum we're talking about here. For stamina builds, like I said, Dunmer looks like they're pretty much on top. Um, Nightblade, Dragon Knight. Wardens, they have tens for those. Um, they have nine for Templar and Sorcerer. And then for basically any magic aspect, they're scoring an eight, uh, except for Templar, it looks like they're scoring a seven for a Magicka Templar. And, and just keep in mind what we just said in that note, he says anything between a seven and a 10 is gonna be indistinct, almost indistinguishable. Um, it's gonna be real hard to tell a difference. So even though they're, you know, for Magicka, they're scoring a 7, and for Stamina, they're scoring these 10s. You know, that might not, it's probably not actually much of a difference, or a very noticeable one, at the very least. So, right behind Dunmer in the Stamina category right now, looks like it's Orc. Looks like Orc's doing, uh, is expected to do the best with their, with the current state of things. Um... And their highest scores are for a Sorcerer and a Dragon Knight. They're expected to be a 10 out of 10 for those two in particular. Uh, they're, they have them at a 9 for Nightblade, an 8 for a Templar, uh, and a 9 for a Warden. So overall, very strong uh, choice for any, any stamina roll, an Orc, absolutely. Um, Redguard seven between sevens and tens and for some reason they have them at a 10 for uh stamina sorcerer and dragon knight but then at a seven for everything else and i'm not sure what the reasoning in the, is is there other than you know red guard's very good at sustaining and i guess a stam sork and a stretched and a stamina dragon knight both struggle to sustain so maybe the Red Guard would be the best choice for them, uh, whereas these other classes have some good built-in sustain, so maybe the, those passes would be better uh, if they were more damage-focused for those classes. Is my guess is what they're thinking there. Uh, Imperial's very low. Their best score, their very best expected score is a 6 for a Stamina Sorcerer. And again, you know, anything between a 4 and a 6 is considered viable, according to this guy's standards. So viable, 
as a stamina as as any stamina roll. Five is for everything else except for six as a sorcerer. So we can say viable is is kind of the best we can say there. Uh, and just a quick recap of uh, of just kind of how he lays it out here. Uh, he says Altmer is great for any magical roll. Bosmer great for all stamina rolls. We didn't really cover Bosmer all that much. Um, they're set at a 9 for Stam Blades and 8 for every other stamina build. Um, I guess I just didn't point them out because they just don't have any scores of a 10. So that little spike didn't stand out to me. But they definitely seem s consistent and solid. Uh, and, you know, they have some good sustain. Um, Bosmer, great at all stamina rolls. Khajiit, excellent Templar, both Magicka and Stamina. There's more notes than this. I'm just reading the top one. Breton, excellent at all Magicka rolls except Magicka Templar, in which case they're just great. They're just great at Magicka Templar, not excellent. Remember, they scored a 9 as a Magplar, 10 as everything else. Redguard, excellent Stam, Sork, and Dragon Knight. Good, all the rest of the stamina rolls. Orc, excellent Stam, Sork, excellent Stam, DK. Nord, decent Stam DK. Argonian, decent at all Magicka rolls. Fair at all Stamina rolls. That one hurts, because I have an Argonian. But, you know, I just got to remind myself, again, it's such a narrow, such a narrow range we're talking about here, right? So my Argonian's actually doing fine. Dunmer makes an excellent Stamina Nightblade, Stamina Warden, and a Stamina Dragon Knight for Dunmer. Um, and they're great at most other roles, but most other damage dealing roles, except for a magic, a Templar, in which case they're simply good, right? But seems like they're the best for stamina right now. That's one I'm expecting to be tweaked a little bit on Monday. I think, I think they're going to want them to still be a good choice for magic, damage dealers. You know, they don't want them to be third or fourth best. I mean, I don't know. I may be putting words in their mouth. Maybe they do. Maybe that's exactly what they want. But it seems like they want it. You know, historically, it just, that's such a far fall. I mean, even though I know, I know we're talking about such a narrow range, but people get hung up about this stuff, about, well, who's the best? Technically, even if it is just a few thousand DPS, we got to know who is the best. Uh, and, you know, if Dunmer's technically third or fourth best, you know, some people might not be happy about that. Um, even though I think it's fine. It's fine, I think. Imperial, decent as a stamps orc. Fair at everything else. <laughs> Get out of here, Imperial. Uh, that's funny. So that's, that's a summary of that. What, that took us how long? <laughs> it took us a while to get through that. Uh, that's okay. You know, I like talking about it. Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to, again, I want to I want to point out this is uh, on the Elder Scrolls official forums, forums.elderscrollsonline.com slash en slash discussion slash 455092. Uh, you can probably just Google search, you know, ESO raid buff to DPS comparison and, and find it that way. Uh, also be sure and I'll put a I'll put a link in the uh, show notes and you just click on that and find it there. Um, and the uh, 
The poster's name is Susmit DS, S-U-S-M-I-T-D-S. Uh, and I, I read the official forums quite a bit. This guy is all over the place on here. He does a lot of hard work. And there's no um, there's no Z next to his name. I don't think he's a Zenimax employee. I think he just likes playing this game a lot and does all this crazy testing. Uh, and we all get to benefit from it. It's really cool. So thank you. Thank you, Susmit DS. Appreciate appreciate the hard work. And uh, just reading some other comments on the feedback forums relating to uh, race changes. Uh, I think the the most predominant criticism I've seen, and I think Sussman DS is actually one of the one of the main commenters about this. Uh, was for Khajiit. Um, they feel that Khajiit really could use a bit more sustain. Uh, true that they, they are capable of reaching these really great DPS numbers if they're lucky. But then the times when they're not lucky, you know, what? well, what about those times? You know, and you're just kind of out of luck there. Um, and he's just suggesting, suggesting you could kind of compensate for that by giving them a little extra sustain. And he made a point that the the health recovery probably isn't all that useful for for most players, uh, especially in PVE. It's it's really probably not useful at all for anyone. Um, so the suggestion that, that he was making was you know maybe just get rid of that health recovery completely, um, and and split that split what's left of those attribute points uh, into or not attribute points but you know take those points out of the health recovery and, and split them between Magicka and stamina recovery instead. Uh, and that way, that way they'll be just a little more competitive and that'll help compensate for that, that kind of random crit thing that they're dealing with there. Um, otherwise people seem, I think more or less happy with, with how things are with maybe a, a tweak or two. Now there's some people like upset about some things like, um, you know, I know some people are not happy about the changes with the Bosmer, uh, losing that that twenty percent damage from Sneak, uh, and just the Sneak changes in general. Um, you know, I get that if you're you know of a certain play style, if you if you do a certain play style, and now that's gonna get in the way of that. Um, yeah, that 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 can suck. I know for um, for some people, it's gonna be they're really excited about these Bosmer changes. It just, I guess it just really depends on your play style uh, and the, the stuff that, that you like to do. Uh, speaking, speaking of Bosmer, um, if you, speaking of Bosmer and just these race changes, uh, if you want some more info specifically about Bosmer, there's a really great PVP uh, YouTuber. It goes by Grim Hollow. Uh, if you haven't heard of him, he, he mains a stand blade in PVP and he is, vicious uh and i really love his videos he, he gives great commentary he's a very great speaker and his his videos are high quality he really does some does some very good explaining you know if you if you want to be uh, a good pvp stand blade highly recommend grim hollow uh, and he plays a wood elf and um you know according to this video he's he's pretty excited about these wood elf changes uh, and he goes into a lot of detail about why exactly this is going to be a huge buff for him specifically. Um, 
And he also explains, like, who else this might be a big buff for. And, and really his conclusion is that for most players, this is going to be a pretty big buff. Um, and, you know, there might be some specific specs that might might see a drop in a, in a stat or two. Um, but I don't know. It's a pretty convincing video. And he does a lot of math. <laughs> there's a lot of math. Uh, but there's also just a lot of good talking and some good gameplay footage as well. Uh, so uh, I'll put his uh, a link to his video in the description as well. You can also just search for his YouTube uh, channel, Grim Hollow, all one word. Um, and I, th I think it's one of his most recent two or three uh, videos that he's uploaded. Um, so definitely check that out. Some very good info about Wood Elf specifically as it relates to PvP. Probably not super useful info uh, if you're a, if you're a PvEer. Um, read through my notes here. I already mentioned earlier uh, we're getting three free race change tokens instead of just one. So I know a lot of people are going to be happy about that. I know I've seen a lot of um, I don't know semi angry comments on uh, on forums about you know the fact that we're only getting one free race change token. So hopefully this will make those people happy. Uh, and three, I think, is generous. That's what I think. Um, if you are curious about some of the armor sets that are going to be available in the in these two new dungeons coming out with the next patch, uh, Alcast did upload some videos um, showcasing those. Uh, he he equips them on a character so you can see what the the style looks like. Uh, and he does a few demonstrations. He doesn't do any, like, full-on DPS parses. Uh, but he does kind of show off, like, how, how some of the procs work. And, you know, of course, he's, he's outcast, so he definitely shares some of his thoughts and ideas about how they might be useful and how they might compare to other sets uh, in the game. So there's some really cool videos. Um, so, uh, again, it'll be, in the, it'll be in the show notes. Uh, you should also just visit his YouTube channel. It's really, it's really good. A lot of good stuff there. Um, if you're listening to this, then you probably are already well aware of that. All right. We didn't really talk uh, about the the last PTS notes just because there wasn't much to talk about. I was thinking I might record like the day after, like on Tuesday, if there was some exciting stuff. But after reading them, there really wasn't much going on there. So I figure we'll just wait until now. I think I mean the most notable thing is what wasn't there, which is of course uh, a curse eater nerf. <laughs> um, I think that's what pretty much everyone's clamoring for is getting that thing nerfed. It can't go to live like that. You know, not surprising. There's a lot of people who think it's not actually all that bad, and that the people who are who are really you know yelling about it and demanding that it be nerfed. Maybe they're not considering some things, um, and I, and I guess I see what, I see what they're saying. Like some points that were made is like in a in large groups in a zerg, you can't control who that's hitting. You can't control who's getting that cleanse, right? Like you're hitting mutagen or whatever, and that's that's going on who the heck ever. Plus that that proc can happen once every two seconds, so. You know, it's not that's not happening to you every two seconds. That's just happening to someone every two seconds. So I can, I can get that in duels. Yeah, absolutely. In a one v one duel, that is, that is OP. Probably will be banned from most dueling tournaments, even if it does get nerfed. I'm I'm guessing. 
Um, but I don't know. I've seen some good points being made about maybe even in its current state, in a lot of PvP scenarios, it might not actually be that broken in reality. Um, but I think to maintain appearances, I mean, I think there there would there will be an uproar if people just don't see those numbers change in the tooltips. And you know, I mean, I in my last episode, I was I was right there among them, so just saying like, no, this can't this can't stand. You got to nerf this. Um, but you know, just after reading some more conversations, just getting a little more insight into the situation, it might not be the end of the world, except for on in one v one duels, and then in that case, it might be. But you know, like I said, in, in dueling tournaments and stuff, um, they can just ban stuff. You know, they they all the time they do. They say, you know, if a if a mag blade's fighting a mag DK, the mag DK is not allowed to use wings. Right, because it's just not fair. Because the magbly can't win. Um, so you know, there's all, there's all these rules in dur- dueling tournaments. So they could just get rid of that. Um, but you know, if you're an open world Cyrodiil and you just encounter one sole player and you guys are going to have a fight right there, then and they're wearing that, they're going to have a big advantage, or or vice versa. So there's something to consider. I do think it's probably still should be nerfed a little bit, uh, but you know, maybe it's not just like so crazy as as we're all thinking you know and i can always i can always re-examine my thoughts on things and, and consider that there's maybe some stuff i i wasn't i wasn't keeping in mind but apparently it is going to be nerfed uh, i think they just kind of have to or people are just going to be in an uproar Something we didn't talk about last time, I think. I don't think either didn't mention it or I glossed over it. But it's interesting. Uh, there's not going to be a CP increase this patch, which is the first time since I've been playing this game that 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 has happened. Uh, and they say it's not going to get increased for the foreseeable future. While they re-examine some things and ev- reevaluate the CP situation and and possibly come up with a rework. Uh, there's been some power creep, you know, obviously, and um, they're trying to look for some ways to put that in check. They started with that with, I mean, we can see that in the race changes, all the percentage bonuses being changed to flat values. You know, that's a step in that direction, trying to kind of get things reined in a bit so that that power creep doesn't happen so easily. And they, they can kind of control how much power we have uh, as players a little bit more. Um, so it's cool. I'll be very interested to see what they come up with. If it's just going to be some tweaks to the existing existing system, or is it going to be like a whole new thing? Um, you know, just replaced with a different system entirely. Like they've done that once before. We used to have the the veteran ranks, and then it was replaced with the current system. Um, I think it's great that they are trying to to address these sorts of things and to it seems like they're really making some big efforts to to get things truly balanced and i know these you know maybe these race changes aren't the entire solution but i think it shows that their head is in the right place and the fact that they're re-examining the cp situation as well uh it seems like they're taking things seriously it seems like they they have some real ideas uh, about where things can go, and 
they're just getting their ducks in a row right now so that they can they can make some real impactful changes down the road maybe a few patches from now i'm really excited i think i think wheeler knows his stuff i think gilliam has some really great ideas to share with that team as well and like i said before i'm 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 very sad to lose gilliam's fantastic content uh but it's for a good cause because um now all his all his great knowledge and everything is is helping to make the game better, uh, and I think things like this are an example of that. Uh, and so I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm going to keep an open mind with whatever changes that they propose. You know, even if it seems crazy at first, you know, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Whatever, wherever we end up. Whether it's nerfs or buffs or, or whatever, you know, I'm still going to be able to play the game and enjoy it, I'm sure. As far as the way that I play it, that's what I think.